Alright. Jersey Judah. Back at it. Once again. Wednesday. The 24th, I believe. I can be incorrect. I can be very incorrect. Yes, it is. February the 24th, Wednesday. 2021. And, uh... As you guys know, I'm back on the road. About to go back to this job. Luckily, it's already the middle of the week, which is a good thing. And I got a few things to talk about. Nothing too major, but some topics nonetheless. Um, did I? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I did talk about. No, I didn't. Uh, the psychological warfare that's taking place. Maybe something that sounds a lot more like a video or a slideshow. So I think I'm going to keep it that way. Um, I'm doing the transition right now, I guess. And if everything's going the way that I want it to go... I'll get to a point to where I'll be able to do a lot more slideshows in the future. Still will be doing podcasting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But since I've opened up enough time within the weekend, I can then start constructing the slideshow. That's the goal, at least. Who knows what the fuck is going to transpire. I'm actually in my car with the air on, not the heat. There's actually enough sunlight outside today to really begin melting the snow. Real nice day out, man. And what am I doing? Going to work. But that's how it that's how it is. Um, the transitional phase of one man being a reformed simp or a man who used to pedestalize every woman to becoming a red pill man, that transitional phase starts to take place. You begin talking about other topics that other people may not agree with, so you begin losing contact with those people. I feel that's normal. I feel in a lot of in a lot of cases it's necessary. Because you're not gonna necessarily come across too many men who if they understand the red pill lifestyle, actually follow that. And it's a matter of putting yourself first. It's a matter of, you know, not participating in the everyday fuckery of trying to find relationships. 
And that focus of trying to find a relationship really prevents you from achieving your personal um, your personal goals and the things you actually want to accomplish. See, the reason why me, Jersey Judah, the reason why I don't typically go after the guys who are out there for relationships, but guys who are accomplishing things, is because they're actually accomplishing things. You'll see the guys who are like in their early to late 30s who have things set, who have businesses going, who have a good amount of money in their pocket, they have the things that they want, but they feel they're missing out on that relationship, then by all means, I don't hate or have any real um, opinion about men who choose to do that. It's the guys who want all of these things and in return they're willing to sell themselves short they're willing to pedestalize and worship women and hopes to attract one and I forgot who said this but it always stuck with me when you're trying to meet a woman You want a woman that wants to be in your world. You don't want to meet a woman that you just want to be a part of her world. It never works out because if you treat treat the woman like a celebrity, then you become the fan. I'm going to say that again. If you treat her like a celebrity, if you treat her like an icon, she will treat you like a follower. Then, long-term, come to find out, you're not going to really have that respect from her. See, love is, in a lot of ways, um, cosmetic. Love can be made in a woman's mind one minute, and in the next minute, it becomes hate. Very easy. Doesn't take much time. For a woman to go from her talking about she wants to spend the rest of her life with you to her all of a sudden picking up her things and leaving. And I don't think that majority of men really understand why that is a that is something that's noteworthy. It's not something to lose sleep over, but always remember the women who talk about love a lot and she's quick to love someone best believe she's also in a lot of places in a lot of scenarios in a lot of cases she's quick to change up like the weather as we give the alias of mother nature but the enemy of mother nature and the women that represents that that change of temperature and weather very quickly is father time right see father time doesn't give a shit about anything besides what date it is what year it is and the idea that it will continuously be such people have a date of birth and people have a date of death 
And the people who take these things for granted, they learn the hard way down the line. And I think women, in one way, shape, or form or another, not all, of course, but we're talking about the low-hanging fruit, and we're talking about the women who are pedestalized by mediocre men. You're not, you're not seeing a transition where guys go, well, you know what? We know that the game is rigged. We know that in order to be successful with women, in a lot of cases, you got to have baller status. You don't have to be a baller, right? And see, this is why in a lot of scenarios, I would say women are fake. But I won't even use that term fake. I'll use their terminologies. They're very cosmetic. I think that's the reason why women love makeup so much. They can take a mark on their face, cover it, and pretend that it never was there. But that confidence is never the highest factor when there isn't makeup. When there actually is blemishes and there is bumps that are visible, these are when the women become um, the most self-conscious, right? See, dudes don't have that shit. And I don't think dudes would ever need it. We know that with our... With our particular way of thinking when it comes to women, we sexualize women, right? Now, certain women are realistic enough to acknowledge, okay, you sexualize, you're sexualizing women. That makes sense. If you're attracted to something, you'll probably sexualize it with women, right? Women romanticize men. They don't sexualize men. See, we sexualize women, they romanticize men. This is why a man, the average man, will fuck any bitch that approaches him who is just good-looking enough not to be ashamed of. Women romanticize men by the expectations. The the, The expectations that she has really explains her mindset when it comes to romanticizing men. They want the man with the large account. Now, they'll take the full package, but most women are going to choose money because women are manipulative enough to participate in a relationship, but will still go along the narrative as if she's single. She'll see other men, She'll participate in sexual activities with other men while you feel dedicated in this so-called committed relationship. See, a lot of men, they're not, they're not capable of realizing that women are, well, actually, they're not willing to accept women being capable of doing all of the shit doing all of the fucketry all of the hoetry 
that is possible. Women, women have that ability to put themselves in a position where they actually feel they are um, capable of keeping a relationship, sleeping around on a guy, right? That's usually that's usually what it boils down to. The guy is played like a sucker at the end of the day, right? Because he's still in fantasy land, right? We've talked about the Disney dynamic here. And I think this will be a good time to do a crash course on what I mean by the Disney theory or Disney dynamic when it comes to relationships. So, this state of mind or this belief is really a woman's point of view. Look at all of the Disney movies of Snow White, Cinderella, and others. And look no further to the women who become essentially the best. They go through trials and tribulations, right? But always at the end, they become triumphant. Triumphant. I don't know what the fuck. Triumphant. They triumph. They become successful in the goals of being the prettiest, most acknowledged. And it's usually wording such as princess. We would consider that to be diva, right? But the narrative of these characterized fictional women is the mindset that a lot of women have today. They'll look at a guy as someone who can benefit them. While, I guess, in the Disney dynamic, the men who, if they were acknowledged, were, of course, your heroes or your villains. The women have this belief system that regardless of how many men she would sleep with, she can decide when she wants to slow down. And sometimes nature slows these bitches down for them. Sometimes nature takes control and goes, wait a minute, we're going to do things on my terms. Sometimes these women come across toxic men, right? And this only becomes a reason why they feel they deserve a good man even more. Because of their toxic environment. Because of the toxicity that they had to deal with. 
not knowing or maybe not wanting to acknowledge that they themselves also took place with toxic behavior, right? They also took place in situations where they were doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing while in relationships, while being in a quote-unquote committed relationship. At least that's how the guy feels, right? And in the long run, the guy realizes that these women are capable of the things that most of us talk about that most men and women do not want to hear. So if you find yourself in that situation, and this is to young men, don't be so don't don't be so surprised when you find yourself in one of these scenarios. You may be lucky and not be in a relationship with these type of women. You may have just came across these women. You may have heard a conversation amongst themselves when it comes to men and who's important and who's not important. And you'll be very surprised. Some men, some young men who believe in the Disney dynamic, they'll be drama. They'll be traumatized, bro. They'll be traumatized. And be aware of certain behaviors. Don't look at all women as terrible. Just look at all women as women. Best way, the best advice I can tell a young man, right? And he's coming of age. He may be graduating high school. He may be getting himself into college. He may be getting himself out of college, right? When you come across women and you come across that pleasant, friendly, easy to talk to type of woman try to know as much as possible about the person before putting yourself in a situation that involves being committed you don't really know what a lot of these women are capable of in the long run you really don't and so these guys who may carry themselves as traditional they still hold on to those traditional values and within the previous decades and the previous years before that it may have been something that was beneficial for them because there were a lot of traditional women I think because of feminism and this is something to really talk about because of what feminism became Traditional women are almost extinct. And if there are traditional women, you're not going to hear them up front talk about the problems within women today. You're just not. You'll come across a couple of, like, chameleons. And really, these are the women who could have lived the lifestyle that they're, they're going against today. But they're, like, so gung-ho on the idea of getting rid of the feminist agenda because the feminist agenda doesn't work out for every woman just like the MGTOW just like the red pill just like it more for men everything is simply not for everybody and if you find yourself in a situation if you find yourself in a situation and 
you believe that a group that you can identify with a particular group see me I acknowledge these groups I consider myself red pill I but at the same time I consider a lot of Midtown red pill I consider a lot of Edmore red pill you know what I'm saying so I'm not separating myself from these individuals I just choose to say alright will I really fully identify myself with a particular group knowing how I am you know there's things I agree with and there's things I disagree with the problem is a lot of people and when we talk about women we talk about these type of women and unfortunately the reality of it being is the manipulation gaslighting and just foolery of a lot of women today are pretty identical to one another. Now, men know what I'm talking about. If you've been in relationships, short-term, long-term, if you've been dating and you came across one toxic woman, you will begin to see that other women around you or women you come across, have that, they have that same level of toxicity. And regardless of how good the other guy is, the partner, the person who believes that the relationship is a commitment, he's the only one that's going to be taking a loss. See, the women know a toxic person in general. This can be men as well. But see, with men, when women say toxic, it's more of a serious subject because it's always something to do with a man being physical. A man being abusive. But on the opposite side with guys, guys get fucking uh, physically abused by women, but guys aren't calling the police. So it's one of those arguments that I have with feminists who bring up the domestic violence case or any disputes physically when it comes to man and woman. Women punch, they slap, they do these things freely, some of them, because they know in this society, they are staged in a more fragile state than men. Men are seen as people who are capable of dealing with that. So the attention of an abusive relationship never goes to the favor of the man. Never does. And see, this is the reason why a lot of men simply don't give a shit about the long-term relationship aspect because look at marriages. And why do I mention that? Well, if you're a guy who wants to be in a long-term relationship and you come across a woman who may also be seeking a long-term relationship, If you guys are together for a good period of time, marriage will pop up. Children, kids will pop up. Better living arrangements will pop up. But it always becomes difficult with a toxic woman. Why? Because she's not really capable of all that. 
Now, I know women. You see, this is the funny thing slash fucked up thing about the man and woman dynamic. See, a lot of guys believe that when a woman hits the wall, she's defeated, right? In all actuality, it's just a reality check. These women will still nine times out of ten, if they're looking, be able to find a beta male provider, a guy who is fooled by her appearance, a guy who believes that she's capable of commitment. And these are the guys that fall short. It constantly happens. I mean, if I wanted to be technical about this situation, and I'm going to be careful about how I address this, because I typically don't mention celebrities. But then again, why the fuck wouldn't I mention celebrities? So I'm going to mention a couple celebrities. In fact, I'm going to switch this topic up a little bit after I mention this example. So... And in this topic, giving a prime example would be Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Now, for you people who are following what's going on, there is a divorce um, in progress filed by Kim Kardashian, what a surprise, to Kanye West. And apparently Kanye West has been um, not taking the divorce well or the claim of divorce well so keep in mind this is Kanye West this isn't your super alpha male uh, power figure that people look at and say wow this guy's powerful then they look at Kanye West and say wow this guy is successful this guy is rich but with his track record with females he's dealt with it hasn't been too well, right? Amber Rose, just 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 to name one of the previous women that he'd been with. So he decides to get into a long-term relationship with Kim Kardashian. This resulted in, I think, three children. And for whatever reason... The ups and downs, you know, Kanye West having his quote unquote meltdowns. All of a sudden, Kanye West is in this weak state. Now, I asked myself, how was he? What was his position in the marriage? I mean, Kim Kardashian was known to get around. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. A lot of people who are in the know know about the video with Ray J. A lot of people know. You know, she's known for getting around. So that's the example of the guy who puts all of his focus in a woman who may have not been worthy of his focus. Now he can't just move on with his life. He has three children with this woman. So this woman, regardless of how he feels about her going forward, has to be in his life for the foreseeable future, at least until the children are 18. But fuck all that. And speaking of celebrities, we'll get into some fuck shit. You know, here at the Renegade Red Pill Party Podcast. This is this is the remix. The Renegade Red Pill Party Podcast. We talk about everything here. Or at least things that I see necessary to talk about. 
And I figure I'll switch up the relationship thing and I'll talk about what's going on. A bit of what's going on in the hip hop world. So a lot of people know 6ix9ine. A lot of people heard of 6ix9ine. The guy with the rainbow hair, rainbow jewelry, rainbow tattoos, and other various accessories that involve rainbows. Um, we know, for those who know about 6ix9ine, the situation where he turned fed, he worked with the feds, he got his um, former associates and fellow gang members within um, Treyway being the group and of course the gang being the Bloods got those people locked up so on and so forth people know about it people followed it I have to admit when I was watching a lot of DJ Academics because DJ Academics and of course 6ix9ine have a, a friendship of some sort and so I, I checked out a lot of the coverage via DJ Academics. He was going through the transcripts because all of this shit was going on Twitter. Everything that was taking place, everything that 6ix9ine is saying is being turned into transcripts and is being shared. So people were learning about what was happening. Fast forward through all that until today, previously, gets out of jail. He gets back into music, which is something that people did not expect 6ix9ine to do. But then again, knowing the type of person 6ix9ine is and the type of energy 6ix9ine brings, of course he's going to get back to music. And on top of that, he's going to talk a lot of shit. So now, 6ix9ine gets into the confrontation with Meek Mill, a Philadelphia rapper. A rapper who I'm not really a, a fan of for a lot of reasons. And I'll get into that. We got like less than 25 minutes, 25 minutes max. And I'm going to take all this time to talk about the situation. So there's a confrontation. 6ix9ine sees Meek Mill in a parking lot in some club or some nightclub or some bar, wherever the fuck rappers go, the flash money and drugs and all that so 6ix9ine somehow knows where Meek Mill is at don't ask me how just throwing that out there and in this confrontation a lot of people who are not savvy to how the industry works there were nothing but security so 6ix9ine had his security guards and Meek Mill had his security guards but the topic when it comes to hip hop is the fact that you don't need security. You're a street nigga. You're a hood nigga. And the guys that are with you are catching bodies and they're smoking packs. For people that don't know the terminology and the lingo, I'll address it very quickly. So when you smoke a pack, not just a zip or marijuana, that means you kill an enemy, right? And in hip-hop today, that terminology has always been a factor. Primarily starting in Chicago, turned into a thing in New York. Now it's used everywhere. So everybody's being turned into a pack, right? Meek Mill is one of those rappers who personifies his own street life. Now, let me, let me, let me explain what I mean by that. He personifies his own street life view by the public so he wants to be known as a street guy 
So he hangs out with street guys. But a person in his, in his right mind will go, why is this nigga hanging out with street guys when he's a multimillionaire? But it's about hip hop and it's about the image. So keep that in mind also. So the confrontation takes place in this parking garage. 6 9 had to have at least, I would say, seven security guards. Meek Mill had about the same, if not a little bit more. We've seen a couple of off-duty police officers in the video, so we knew it wasn't going to get to that point. It really became wrestling. It reminded me of when, you, when, when I used to watch wrestling back in the day, like WWF at the time. And, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker, Triple H, all these old school, you know, The Undertaker, of course, all these old school ass niggas would, were in, you know, the card. And it was an exciting time. And sometimes a wrestler will come out and he'll talk shit about the opponent. He'll say he's a bitch. He'll say he can't wrestle. He'll beat the shit out of him, kick his dog, slap his wife. And then the wrestler, the other wrestler will come out and they'll get into a screaming match. And then the officials and some of the referees and then these guys in suits that are supposed to be bodyguards, they show up and they break up the altercation. This is what it became, except there wasn't even a thought in my mind that, okay, they're about to fight. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for a multitude of reasons. And this brings me back to Meek Mill. Now, Meek Mill spent his entire existence Besides making music about the typical drugs, being a street nigga from Philly, so on and so forth. He's talking about 6ix9ine and how 6ix9ine shouldn't get the respect. He shouldn't get any sales because he's a rat, right? He's a snitch. Desiree, I forgot her last name from Rock Nation, is also a quote unquote rat and a snitch. Now, I'm not going to be friendly and kind because it's a woman it is what it is and look i'm a guy who knows about the streets but i'm not a street nigga i know street niggas but i'm not a street nigga i don't personify myself as a street nigga i don't care to personify i don't i don't care to personify myself as a street nigga but meek mill on the other hand he wanted to be that guy to call out 6ix9ine, say 6ix9ine's a rat. The typical shit that you would expect any nigga in the streets to say. But once again, 6ix9ine is a nigga who's not from the streets. Or he may be from the streets, but he's not a street nigga. We know this clearly. But Meek Mill, being the street nigga, decides he's going to bully 6ix9ine. Now, my issue with Meek Mill is he's always been personified as this bully. But when Drake waxed his ass with that back-to-back, he, he kind of humbled him for a bit. I'm sure you guys remember the Meek Mill and Drake beef, which, in my opinion, just me being honest, I think that was over Nicki Minaj. I really do. I think that was because of Nicki Minaj. And... I guess Meek Mill felt that he was more street than Drake, so he can diss Drake. And then Drake came back with the fire, put his ass aside for a little bit. But anyway, ever since the Meek Mill beef with Drake, it seemed that 
Meek Mill began to target people who were not necessarily on his level. Now, don't get me wrong. Meek Mill is a successful rapper, but he wouldn't be the guy who you would say is the top. He was. He was. And like I said, we're switching it up. We're talking about music real quick. But here's the problem. 6ix9ine is a snitch. Okay? There, there is no reason for 6ix9ine himself to deny it. He said it himself. He ratted. He did this. He did that. He admit that shit off the rap because it was public. He's still making money. <laughs> There's people... <laughs> Who do not give a fuck about the street life. They care about the music. And see, this is the thing that I don't think a lot of rappers understand. You're no longer in the streets. You're in the entertainment business. You can't treat the entertainment business like the block. And have niggas around you 24-7. And it never works out. But certain street niggas. Or certain niggas who are from the street. Who carry that street nigga persona. They try to use that as their their foot into every door. Well, nigga, I'm from the streets. And the incident just seems stupid as shit. Like, I like academics taking it because academics said it straight up. 6ix9ine looks stupid and Meek Mill looks stupid. But snitching aside... I can do that. I can say that momentarily. Wouldn't you expect anybody to confront you if you're talking cash shit about this person every chance you get? I feel that there is jealousy with Meek Mill and 6ix9ine only because of the numbers. Not because who 6ix9ine is as a person, but who... He is as a name. There's people who will still mention 6ix9ine. And a lot of those people will rarely mention Meek Mill. As he said, Meek Mill's a street nigga. So there's only going to be a small percentage of people who participate in actually putting money into your name as an artist who are niggas from the streets. It's a fact. Look at your top artists, yo. Look at a Drake. Right? Drake's not a street nigga. Which is the reason why Drake is actually very successful. See that street persona? And shout out to Bobby Schmurder And shout out to... um, The Rowdy Rebel. For being out. Hopefully they move different. But that's the thing. When you're a street artist... It's almost as, as if you self-consciously put yourself back into the street environment. And now you're around other people who's making millions of dollars. People who are really making moves. And you still want to hold on to that, to that street lifestyle. And it never works. We can look back. <clears throat> We can go back. A lot of people who are somewhat hip-hop heads like myself. I don't consider myself too much of hip-hop head today if you're talking about today's music. But let's go back 
to where Shine shot the club up. Trying to protect Diddy or something to do with Diddy. Diddy always has his hand in some form of corruption. You can say, oh yeah, Shine, he's a real nigga. You know what I mean? He bust his gun in the club. Yeah, he was after some niggas. He wasn't waiting. A lot of hood niggas will say, yeah, that's a real nigga. But he did real time for that. And I guarantee you, if you would talk to that nigga today, he would have told you, I wish I was never in that motherfucking club. Let alone had a gun on me. Let alone acted the way I did for somebody who I thought was loyal to me. See, 6ix9ine is really one of those lessons you those lessons you learn from the game. And although it was an unfortunate circumstance for him, it was an even worse unfortunate circumstance for others who participated. But let's continue to talk about that lifestyle though. So now you got 6ix9ine who finds out his quote-unquote manager was not only extorting him, he was getting extorted, his baby moms was getting fucked, and everybody was playing 6ix9ine as a fool. Which is funny if you ask me, because typically in the street environment, let's keep it a buck, you're not going to take a nigga who has a rainbow appeal on seriously. Let's just be real. But those people were still associated with 6ix9ine because he was bringing in money. And before the snitching shit, he was on fire. People fucked with him. My thing is this, right? These street niggas today that was bumping 6ix9ine that was saying a lot of his songs were fire. It's not that you have to keep the same energy today. We know he's a snitch. But just acknowledge the fact that you did fuck with him. It's not that we knew this nigga was snitching the whole time. And guess what? And I've always said this. But I'm going to say it now only because it makes more sense. The streets don't really mean shit to hip-hop moguls and executives. They don't give a fuck about the streets. They don't. Now, they'll use that to personify a rapper because they know that niggas in the streets look up to that shit. They follow that shit. They support it. So you can explain to a kid how this shit goes, but you can't really explain this shit to me. Because these these niggas in the game are some of the biggest hypocrites. Like, these niggas who are in the game, who are making music, they're the biggest hypocrites. You can't talk about, and this is, this is what Meek Mills has done. So Meek Mills had an interview, or not even an interview, he had a discussion with DJ Academics. 
And I guess DJ Academics recorded it because I've seen it on YouTube. Maybe it was planned that that way. Maybe it wasn't. But Meek Mill began telling DJ Academics, who, by the way, is a millionaire. I don't think I don't think Meek Mill realizes that, but DJ Academics is also a millionaire. So he begins to tell him, hey, we're not on the same level. You know, I'm making money. I'm a millionaire out here. I'm really in these streets. Typical, typical nigga shit. Right? Which is, which is to be expected from a rapper like Meek Mill. Cool. But then the hypocrisy began. And this is what I'm talking about. Meek Mill then began saying that what DJ Academics is doing on his platform is inciting violence. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, how is that hypocritical? Well, Meek Mill makes music that incites violence. His claim to fame is music that incites violence. Now, see, the thing about rappers and rapping today is that it's a dying it's a dying uh, sport. It becomes like an activity. It used to be a sport where lyricism mattered, the way you presented yourself mattered. All of these things became a factor in who you were as an artist as a whole. Today, you're not, there's not that requirement. You make a song that sounds catchy, you have a good producer, and you can mumble on songs and make money. That's a fact. That's facts. All these niggas that people like, there's a time where you cannot understand one word they're fucking saying. But the beat slaps, and people know who the producer is. So that's all the rapper needs today. See, 10, 15 years ago, the game changed drastically. And I'm going to tell you how. So the rappers that were known in like the 2000s, your Ludacris's and all these other people, they decided, hey, uh, maybe I should do something different. They started endorsing alcohol. Um, a lot of them opened clubs. Uh, a lot of them started doing other shit outside of the traditional artists. And these are how the people made money today. Ice Cube, another example. Um, you got Trick Daddy who opened up a couple restaurants in Florida. So these people who were on their way out of the game, they found things to still make money off of. They found a way to still stay in the loop financially. These rappers today, and it's not all of these rappers, but it's a good portion of these rappers, I don't think they even have a game plan after it. They just see themselves in the business. They're not really strategizing. You can tell these niggas just spend money. And then wonder why they can't finish an album. Like, there's a lot of bullshit and trickery that goes on in the industry. And a lot of people don't know about it. I know about it because the people that I've heard this shit from were people who were connected to the motherfucking industry. See, this isn't like stories that it's like tall tales. You know, you word of mouth from this other person from the other side of the fucking planet. Nah, this is completely different. This is completely different. It's like 
people who know Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez was like a sacrifice. And a lot of people won't know what I'm about to address, but I'm going to address it anyway. So the whole thing with Megan Thee Stallion, Megan Thee Stallion apparently said that she got shot in the foot by Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez denies it. But then if you look at the status of where Megan Thee Stallion's at, and you look at the people who Megan Thee Stallion deals with, it becomes a conspiracy, sure. I mean, Tory Lanez, I haven't heard of him beforehand, but I have heard his name in the battle scene he's been battling, which is always like the purgatory of the hip-hop game. Like, if you can remember, battle rap became like one of the main... Um, it became one of the main benefactors of hip-hop with graffiti, DJing, which kind of became producing today, the guy on the mic, and the breakdancers, right? People know about this shit. Now, with battle rap, you see all the guys who were once big names. Cassidy got into battle rap eventually. Even the people who are known in the battle rap platform, they don't really go any further. You know what I'm saying? They don't really go further than where they're at. And DJs don't really exist either. You'll hear a DJ on the radio, but they're rarely scratching. Like shit like that, you notice. So the reason I'm saying everything that I'm saying, I'm going to get back into the DJ academic situation. For Meek Mill to say that DJ academics was inciting violence while making music inciting violence making money while making music that incites violence very hypocritical and you talking all this cash shit about rappers and all these other people you talk shit about 6ix9ine 6ix9ine went to confront you 6ix9ine was the one who got the upper hand in this situation and he addressed facts see people don't like 6ix9ine because he ratted which makes sense but the things that he began to talk about, he started to expose the industry. He exposed how a lot of these rappers wouldn't be able to make a good album within sales if it wasn't for artists like Drake and these other top artists who, who jump on. It's the truth. The industry's dying. Why is it dying? Because the street persona is only acceptable in certain parts of the industry. When you go to New York and you go to Chicago, better yet, fuck it. When you go to Chicago, you're not going to find a lot of known artists who aren't making drill music. That's just the way it is. New York is becoming the same way. So much so that the rappers in New York who are established, they are beginning to collaborate with a lot of the drill artists because the drill artists and the drill scene is beginning to take over. So hip hop, Drill music, I'm going to be honest when I say this. It's not really hip-hop. And I'm going to tell you why. The basis of hip-hop being some form of originality, some form of style, creativity. Not saying drill music's not creative, but if everybody's doing it, and if everybody's sounding the same, and if everybody's using the same terminology, and if everybody's doing the same exact type of songs and structure to music, it becomes the same. It's like if women all acted like hoes. Let's just say every woman today acted like a hoe. 
how many guys would still be on the search for relationships? Only simps, only beta men who were willing to provide for these women to participate. So there has to be a difference. There has to be one person who goes, all right, I'm not with it. And then a group of people who eventually go, I'm not with it. And then the problem being the groups that come up. So everybody wants to be separated from the other. Me, like I said, this is the Red Pill Party Podcast. I talk about everything and anything that I want to talk about. It's not your traditional podcast, but I don't feel that podcasts in general are tradition. There's no tradition in podcasting. Some people have structure. I say fuck all that. I have a couple topics I want to talk about. I talk about them the way that I want. If I get a chance to finish it, I finish it. If I have to save it and then finish it on another occasion entirely, then I do so. This is one of those examples. Like I said, it's Wednesday. It is almost, if I'm looking at my shit correctly, it's almost 2.30. About to go in, about to start this day, about to finish this day, about to get this shit over with, about to go home, about to go to sleep. Do the same shit the next day. But in the meantime and in between time, Jersey Judah, a.k.a. Renegade Red Pill, Red Pill Party Podcast, signing out. Peace. Men's mind, or should I say, the man's mind, is a representation of a storage unit. Now, let me explain Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. Second part, I should say, of this episode. I figured I was going to record again, so instead of just wasting my time and trying to get one podcast episode situated I'd rather put the one that I talked about previously on hold for this topic nothing long at all 30 minutes max but then again who knows right so the man's mind represents a storage unit now I've only went to the storage unit maybe a handful of times and every time when I was young I would go into the storage unit I always found a place to be fascinated you know there's these big huge units most of them unknown you don't know what you're going to find in them And the man's mind can be a representation of that. For example, a person who is striving for greatness and for achievements and for excellence. In his mind, he sees the opportunities. He sees the goals. He sees the possibilities of success and the possibility of failure. Okay? And let's compare this to a drifter. I've talked about drifters a few times on this podcast. 
I think I'll get more into detail. So the drifter is a person who wants the finer things in life. They want the riches. They want the success. They want the achievements. But they have no starting point. They have essentially no place where they can sit down and come up with strategies to make this thing possible. So within their storage unit leads fear, rejection, only failure, no possibility of success. That possibility is only in the, in the mind state that he puts himself in. Whether that mind state is due to um, drugs, narcotics, alcohol, women, and don't worry, I'm going to get into that. His storage unit consists of uh, failure, chaos, and disruption, and distraction. The average man will dwell in both facilities or will dwell in both vicinities of the storage unit. The memory, um, the planning, the activities of the brain, right? Some men have too much clutter within their storage unit. And that clutter involves women. That, that clutter involves just the hunt for money. Nothing more, nothing less, just money. And these people finally come to terms, maybe in their late 20s. Some are more fortunate. Some of them can handle this problem in their mid-20s. And that problem is cleaning the junk out of that storage unit. And it just so happens that spring isn't that long away. And soon enough, all of the snow all of the ice, all of the distractions that would prevent people from driving safely will be clear. Granted, there'll be some rainfall, but for the most part, your path is clear for navigation, okay? Now, dig the analogies here because I'm going to be hitting people with a lot of creative um, narratives and um, uh, comparisons, So the person who reaches that point and who's fortunate in their mid-20s can somehow reach a point to where they can evaluate their lives and where they see things going. And for a lot of us, we haven't got that chance to until maybe our later 20s and even our 30s. But in that process, due to the comparison of seasons, When the springtime comes around, when the spring season appears, a lot of us partake in what is called spring cleaning. And what we would do is we'll go around our house, things that we don't need, we throw them away and we create more space. Okay. So the men who have came to this point in their life, almost a fork in the road. Not a crossroads, nah, because that's a little too cliche, but really a fork in the road with multiple directions. The person can continue to go straight, meaning he can continue to go 
along with the conditions and situations that he is facing in the same fashion he can make a left do things a little different make a right do things a little different or he can choose to turn around and go to a safer place a place with little opportunity a place with very little achievement and a place that's really consisted of bullshit and sugarcoated. And this also reminds me of the workplace. And any occupation, in any building, in any business, in any corporation, you have the same type of workers. Meaning, of course, their occupation and what they may do for a living is different, but the mindset is the same. You would have the go getters, you have the do gooders, and you have the in-betweeners now ironically the people who have the best opportunity are the people who are the in-betweeners and I'm going to tell you why let's look at sports and let's look at the game of football for example now the person who is sitting on the home field side of the arena realizes that his team is losing by a large amount of numbers. And even though that team is taking a tremendous loss at the moment, the fan and some of the fans in the audience still remain hopeful, still remain supportive of the team that of their choosing. And somehow within this 21 plus advantage that the other team has over the team, all of a sudden, they come back. All of a sudden, they begin dominating. They begin catching up. Touchdown here, touchdown here, field goal here, field goal here. Seven points, seven points, 14, boom. And now, they're finally in that position to where they're one point away from tying up. And they make that point. They make that touchdown. The fans go crazy. The reason that the team got themselves together somehow has a lot to do with the fans, and it has a lot to do with the environment, and it has a lot to do with the atmosphere of that environment itself. If, like most men who are in this fight alone in a lot of cases, who have to deal with the battles and have to deal with the warfare of the workplace and the stress and the drama on a day-to-day basis. A lot of us don't have that atmosphere and we don't have that environment that really roots us on. In fact, we tend to have more roadblocks and more of the opposition around than anything. And this is really the place where, as I've talked about, the people in their 20s began to buck up and began to take advantage of the opportunities that they have whether they have to make risk whether that risk has more reward who knows it doesn't matter it's the atmosphere and a lot of us men we need to create our own atmosphere in a sense to be able to dominate any problems that we have unlike the counterpart which is the woman 
who, regardless of what she does, good, bad, or indifferent, she'll always have that atmosphere of men and women cheering her along the way. Whether on a path of greatness or a path of destruction. Now, keep this in mind because I'm still on the topic of the storage unit. And this still is the Red Pill Party podcast. Let me get some of this Red Bull real quick. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, I really needed that. By the way, that's the blueberry Red Bull. Fire. Watermelon Red Bull. Fire as well. I have a mixture right now. And one of those like old school squirt water bottles. So I'm walking around just to get off a topic a little bit. So I'm walking around my job and I have this vintage natural spring water, which by the way is really good shit. That shit's good spring water. From Homesdale, PA. Shout out to PA. But um I'm walking around with this bottle in. It's like purplish because I have regular Red Bull mixed up with the blueberry Red Bull. So it looks crazy. So I'm walking around with this bottle and people are looking at me like I'm drinking like alcohol. But anyway, the reason why, and I've explained this before, but I've seen a couple of videos. I want to give a shout out to Morale TV. That is Morale TV on YouTube. Also, formerly known as Big Beat Kel, has a lot of good videos. I It's ironic because he's one of those people who aren't red pill. He doesn't mention the red pill, but he has the same philosophies. And there was a video that really made me think. And it was this idea that regardless of what a man accomplishes in his life, he can be the top guy. There will still be a group of women who feel that that guy is not enough. And it brings me back to Superman, a.k.a. Clark Kent, and Lois Lane. So Lois Lane knows Clark Kent, but has no idea that this man is capable of being Superman. So she treats Clark Kent as just the adorable talkative, handsome guy, but she fantasizes Superman, the alter ego or the other side of what Clark Kent is. Keep in mind, these are the same people. And even if she knew, and in fact, it'll be even funnier because if she knew Superman was Clark Kent, she would not be as attractive to Superman. She wouldn't fantasize about Superman. It's the character. It's the costume. It's the abilities. It's this superhuman strength, right? This is what women essentially want. Now, what they will not tell you is a lot of women are hypocritical because they want that powerful guy. They want that... um, not sex symbol. They want that success symbol. They want that status symbol of what a man is 
how a man behaves. But at the same time, a lot of these women want to participate in manipulating and sort of shaping and molding this guy into something that she wants. Now, keep in mind, if a guy would have ever had that mentality to do the same with a woman, he would be considered every bad thing in the book. But women, for the most part, are spectators in the game. Getting back to the game analogy. So now let's let's switch things up a bit. We talked about football and how the team comes back and the atmosphere that is needed to give that morale to the players and be able to show out and be able to take advantage of the energy. Let's look at golf, right? (laughs) More of a leisure, in my opinion, than a sport, although it does take talent to play golf. The atmosphere is completely different. There's not people really cheering. Some will clap, but it's more of a gentleman's game. So everybody's dressed a certain way. You have the caddies, you have the sophistication. Even the environment when it comes to things being televised is different. Maybe some of us will understand it. Maybe some of you guys, I should say, should understand it. I understand it. Maybe you guys don't. So when you watch football... And I haven't, like, generally watched football in a while, but I remember seeing clips and I used to watch the sports center just to see who was winning and losing. You notice that the cameras would always change. There was always a different variation of cameras. You'd have a camera all the way from the bleachers. You would have a camera set up or cameras that were hung that had a cable that the cameras would slide down and you would see the audience. You would see the players and the cheerleaders and what is going on in the game and when they called when they challenged the play there was multiple camera angles with golf it's completely the opposite there's probably a handful of cameras maybe cameras from a range of where the next hole is so on and so forth but the energy and the atmosphere is entirely different in golf it's more like the ability that you have yourself to be better And maybe there is a level of energy or adrenaline or excitement in that stroke. But it's more of a personal game, right? So you yourself are responsible for your drive and your stroke, right? Football is a team sport, right? In life... Depending on who you are as a person, you may see the atmosphere as a team atmosphere, like in the workplace. Best example, back to work. In a lot of workplaces, there is a team atmosphere, right? But there are a few jobs, like the one that I'm currently at, where it's more, yes, you are a part of a group of employees, but you yourself are responsible for what you do. And in those environments, for a lot of others, some people don't even go to that, or they don't even draw to that conclusion. Maybe their environment, maybe the workplace is a bit um, hectic, crowded. There's a lot of people. 
people here, people there. You have little time to do what you have to do. This job here is completely the opposite. You can literally work at a snail's pace and be done everything and still have over five hours left. The energy that you put into what you do is the result of what you get. If you put in high energy to what you have to do, if you're on top of your work, if you just start working before you're technically even supposed to start, you'll be more ahead of what you have to do further. But like I said, this is the comparison of working where I work and working in a warehouse or in a factory. The warehouse and the factory is like football. Or it's like any competitive sport that involves teams and that involves chemistry within the players. In a warehouse, there's a chemistry synchronicity that needs to take place in order there in order for there to be a momentum right sort of a cohesive move <clears throat> in this particular job <clears throat> the responsibility goes to you a lot of people can't handle the pressure of everything being on you. The focus being on you. The attention being on you. Then you add in the inconveniences of the people you work for. Or the people I should say you work under. You have to pretty much deal with their problems. Or if you choose to. I choose not to. Like I said in the workplace. My conversations are very small. Very short, to the point. How's your day? Cool, cool, peace. That's it. The more drama... And look, this this goes to my point when it comes to women. Women love drama. Don't let women tell you otherwise. They love a form of drama. They love gossip. As long as they're not a part of it, they love it. They'll eat it up. And in the workplace, it's really of no exception that the drama and gossip is eaten up by women. Luckily, where I'm at, we don't have a lot of women co-workers. So there's really not that much drama. There's gossip amongst, there's gossip really amongst the the higher ups, which there always is gossip. And there's always this level of tension with the higher ups that is almost understandable because look in every occupation just like in every sports there's rules and regulations there's even a dress code you gotta wear a jersey on the court you gotta wear the work shirt to the workplace you have to listen to the coach when it comes to plays and you gotta listen to the boss when it comes to plans Now, why am I incorporating all of this into the storage unit conversation of the man's mind? Because a big portion of the man's mind, which is the storage unit, is the workplace, the livelihood, the the means of the man's income. 
And if that is faulty, then I can pretty much assure you that everything else within that man is a little rocky and a little on the edge. Now, take it from me. I've been in those situations. And I've been in situations that involve going to a workplace that I didn't like. Dealing with people I didn't like. Being in an environment and an atmosphere that I could not stand. I couldn't stomach. But. Still finding. A reason. To keep going. Which is usually money. People who love to do what they do for a living are typically more happy and more comfortable with going to work at any hour of the day. I knew people like this. I knew people that worked at home. I had a late friend, God rest his soul, who during high school in the last portions of his year worked for Google at home, made a lot of money comfortably at his house. These people tend to have more of a positive outlook on life simply because the things that they had to do for a living, they had no stress-related incidences. Unfortunately for most of us, that is not our case. We usually go to places we don't like. We work for companies we can't stand, but we do all these things for the mighty dollar that mean green right for the love of money is the root of all evil money is probably the biggest compartment right in the same way of a storage unit this compartment this slide or this unit is filled with the possibilities of making money and this is for a lot of people why men tend to go the opposite way the reason why you see thugs and the reason why you see niggas sagging her pants and the reason why you see niggas acting out it's not because they necessarily enjoy doing that but their means of doing so brings money now of course the drug dealer and the gangbanger doesn't have the comfortability that most people have when they make money they make money most people make it save a good portion they may spend a good portion but there's always a balance in life you have to find a balance even when it comes to making money now this storage unit that i have created for this podcast involves several compartments and several units filled with with what what either with what what most men are dealing with excuse me it's filled with what most men are dealing with or what most men desire money being the major factor you can't have enough money unless you're like in the billions now you can fall the fuck back but there's always that that grind throughout the week for the money the next storage compartment is all the things that you would want that money for And in this unrealistic, but realistically speaking, storage unit, we have a vehicle of your choosing, right? You have a house of your choosing or an apartment of your choosing, whatever you prefer. Some like rent, other like mortgage. And 
you begin to realize that, hey, you have hopes, you have goals, you have dreams, you have things you want to accomplish, and you have to have the means of money to get it. Cool. The unrealistic men out there who believe that love is a fairy tale and everyone's everyone will find who they want, everyone will find who they need at the end. These men, instead of having a house in that storage unit, instead of having a car of their choosing in that storage unit, they have women. Women, for some reason, in one way or another, in every storage bin within the storage unit, has a woman or two there, maybe three, maybe five, and the men simply become distracted. Now, I've talked about this on numerous occasions, and I figure, why the fuck not bring it up for this topic? Women are 75% distractions. Women, when it comes to men, the means of income and the pursuit of happiness that is rarely talked about within the space of men. From one end of the spectrum, it involves money. It involves success, right? More materialistic, but more meaningful than women. Why do I say this? Well... The guys who have the cluttered storage unit and who has the inconveniency of being um, who, who still have that belief, that Disney dynamic, as I talked about earlier, another topic that I'll continue to talk about. They have that belief that there is happiness when it comes with women. There's nothing wrong with that, you may say. But let me explain something. Women are women. Hoes are hoes. Bitches are bitches. And thoughts are thoughts. Why do I say this? Well, unfortunately, within our dating and relationship um, market that we have, and multiple platforms, multiple apps, they essentially have the same hoes, the same bitches, and the same thoughts. The women that you will find there are usually the women who are ran down. Usually the single mothers. Usually the women who spent their entire lives being ran down by men only to realize that they want a valuable, long-lasting relationship at the end of the day. This would go into the woman's favor, except more men are beginning to clean out their storage unit. And it took me a while and it took me a couple of years to be able to say my storage unit is completely clean and clutter free. Of course, this involves with the men self-evaluation. This involves self-accountability for your actions. And this also involves the need to find better activities and hobbies to occupy yourself rather than be online simping for women. Now, for the men who choose to simp and the men who choose to pedestalize any and every woman out there, I can't really say much to you besides God bless you. And whatever venture you decide to do, 
or whatever decision that you decide to make, hopefully it is prosperous for you. For most men who find themselves in this situation, this isn't a great situation. This isn't a good situation at all, actually. Matter of fact, I should just take a drive. I think I'm going to do that. I was going to make this short, but then I had a couple other things to address. I kind of got off subject, by the way, with the last video. I wanted to talk about what was going on in the hip-hop side of things, just to make a point. But I think I'm going to stay on subject with this. So, most men choose to equate women to success, right? And I guess it would make sense if, in fact, women represent, or if women had the representation of success, but that's usually never the case. You see, you can tell that men have more of a care to women when they choose to be involved in relationships with women who don't have shit. I'm going to say that again. You can tell about men being more sincere with women in relationships because they simply choose women who don't make as much. Right? They don't have the things that most men have when it comes to careers and success. But for the man, the financial means means nothing when it comes to attraction. This is something I've mentioned before, and it's going to be a theme throughout this time that I record a podcast with similar subjects. Men don't equate money to attraction. Yeah, men are attracted to money. We know this because we work and we grind throughout the week to try to make things happen. When it comes to females, when it comes to women, more importantly, when it comes to women that we desire, we don't necessarily pay attention to the means of income. This is the point that many people have made. And rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill because he made this point. And this is, although many people have made this point, he's made this point in a more direct fashion. A millionaire, a man who makes millions of dollars will be in a relationship with a woman who works at a regular restaurant or a woman who works at McDonald's. It means nothing to a man as long as that woman shows some traits of commitment or some quality that is desired. Keep in mind, the same thing can never be said about the woman. And this is the reason why. Women attract or women romanticize men to high standards and expectations while men sexualize 
in a romanticized fashion their partner. As long as that man is pleased to be with the woman, <coughs> smoking his pineapple express, by the way, as long as that man feels that that woman can please him and that woman won't be so much of a burden is when that guy chooses the woman you have attraction that comes down to looks then you have attraction when it comes to uh, money and status that's it LMS ladies and gentlemen LMS looks money status can't really fit status into the storage unit but I can mention for a fact that status in one way or another whether that status is essentially a representation of money itself or something of materialistic value is what men and women go for. Okay? I want to take this break here because uh, <coughs> smoking some of this Pineapple Express, man. Some really good flour. But I don't want to just completely demolish this blunt or demolish this joint. I want to let it simmer in a little bit. So the time, by the time I go on my actual lunch break, which is at seven, I'll be able to finish off this other half. I needed that. So anyway, don't let these Disney dynamic men and women tell you that money doesn't matter. Looks don't matter. It's about personality. Notice that I said looks, money, and status. I didn't say um, looks, money, status, personality, smile. I didn't say any of that. Because that's the truth. Don't let these soy boys don't let these costume alphas because they'll say the same shit too. And see, that's the thing. Like, with soy boys and costume alphas, they almost have the same talking point. Now, alphas, they have a different outlook on women because they have essentially mastered a good amount of women. You know, they're not the ones crying and complaining about women not being shit. They'll just tell you, bitches ain't shit. Now you, you're gonna have your own agenda. You're gonna have your own um, mindset at the end of the day. So don't never, don't ever forget that. You're still gonna have to think for yourselves at the end of the day. But when we're dealing with the everyday clutter and the everyday garbage that accumulates within our storage units, there has to be a time 
there has to be really a time where the man must be able to clean out his storage unit. He will have to, of course, meaning clean the storage unit. Is realized that the only person who is responsible for the past relationships, interactions, and meaningless people who may have manipulated, used, humiliated, so on and so forth, the man, it's all his responsibility. Sure, you could be mad about the people who did wrong to you, but then you would have to think, well, who chose to have these people around me? Of course, it was me. Of course, it was you. So by that means, taking the responsibility, owning up to your fuck ups and learning from your mistakes and still having plans and still having goals and still having things you need to accomplish is essentially a very clean and well-organized storage unit. Now, these people who will tell you that their storage unit has been clean, they never had incidences of where they were simping or pedestalizing women. These guys are absolutely bullshit artists and they should never be trusted in conversation. They should never be looked at as people you should listen to when it comes to a meaningful conversation. Now, these people can include, but not necessarily exclusively, PUAs, dating coaches, Blue pills who have like the red pill look. Like I've always brought this up. The costume alpha is the costume alpha. His looks, his hairstyle, his attitude is all cosmetic. It can easily be wiped away. It can easily be changed. It can be altered. These aren't genuine people. When people like me, Jersey Judah, jump in head first into the fuckery and tell you guys the truth. This isn't because I have a reputation to protect. I'm simply a podcast host. I'm no celebrity. I'm no big shot. I'm no baller. I never talk about being a baller, being a big shot. Unless being a baller is being somebody who is about self-empowerment and self-improvement or being a big shot unless that's about uh, taking matters into your own taking matters into your own hands being a person who's willing to make risks being a person who's willing to fail in order to learn something to better himself and future challenges and you know um, trials and tribulations and things of that sort fine I'll be that guy and see that's the thing People like us, we don't we don't necessarily care much for social media or YouTube unless we're just watching. I'm not going to lie. When I go on Facebook and I see these bitches who were talking about being hot shit four years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, and today they are absolutely defeated. It doesn't bring a smile to my face, but it reassures that everything that I've been talking about is starting to transpire. 
the storage unit is just another example of really the ideas and the intentions and the involvement of the man himself. The thoughts, the compartments which represents the storage unit that has all of the nicks and crannies of things that need to be accomplished. Some people have their hopes and dreams inside of storage bins. A lot of people have a fucking jet, a yacht of some sort, some sort of boat. You know, I may have a jet ski in that motherfucker myself, a motorcycle, dirt bike, things that I find exciting and things that I would want. Now, this last compartment, right? This last compartment, which would be in most of, but not all, the storage units of the man, would be one area that has a lots of pa- a lot of paperwork, right? A lot of bills, some obligations. But you see a whiteboard or a drawing board with all these pictures and all of these things and goals and ideas that the man has, who becomes the architect within his own power and his own means and his circumstances his own circumstances and his abilities blessed by the most high and his curses this is the most vital area of the storage unit which is in the man's mind you see this is where all of the ideas and all of the desires and wants in his lives and their lives I should say are located and the man goes to this compartment most of his time because he wants to plan further. He wants to accomplish things, but at the same time, he doesn't just want to talk about the accomplishments. He wants to plan them. He wants to go through the pros and cons. He wants to see what way benefits him the most. These are the critical thinkers. These are the individualists. These are the lone wolves, the black sheep, whatever terminology you want to use. These are the people who go to this particular section of the storage unit the most. Light paperwork, plans. These are the guys that come up with strategies. These are the guys who don't just sit on their asses. These are the guys who know what they want and who are actually willing to go for it, all right? Clean out your storage bin. Clean out your storage unit so that in the future, you may clutter it some more with new things. Don't humanize the storage bin. Don't humanize the storage unit. Don't have women and human beings in there, okay? You may want... A relationship you may desire a girlfriend but don't let that distract you from what you have to do on a day-to-day basis don't allow yourself to get distracted by somebody else's storage unit some other storage units are more emptier some men don't have a storage unit some men don't have that ability to strategize and don't have that ability to sit back and take responsibility for their own actions Some men operate and communicate amongst and just like women. That's the way of the world. 
But anyway, man, we're about 45 minutes in. Figure I'll drop a part two, which will bring this about to an hour and 30 minutes long. I should have this uploaded for the people by 6 p.m. It's 4.50 now. So, you know, just one of those random conversations, random discussions. I would say it's a topic, but I'm more speaking of it than on it, if that makes sense. It's like... I have a topic, but I don't want to get into it directly. I want to be able to ease my way in. It's like with the storage unit being the man's thoughts, you know, the goals, you know, the possibilities of if it's going to happen, what can he get out of it, what's his long-term goals, all of these things I pretty much made a comparison to a storage unit. Because a lot of us know about storage units growing up old couches file cabinets all this other shit that we leave in the storage unit without cleaning it out then end up having more clutter to put in and not being able to put it in there because everything is cluttered the mind is cluttered therefore the actions are cluttered therefore the intentions are cluttered clean out your storage unit you know what i mean um stop fucking with toxic people lay off on the pork a little bit not too much but, hey, yo, shout out. Assalamualaikum to the brothers out there. But slow down on the pork a little bit. Um, meditate, exercise, find your find your moment of clarity throughout the days. Don't just be a workhorse, but don't let your work dictate your life. Be able to have times to relax. Be able to have times to speak your mind. Have your circle of friends. Have your activities and hobbies. Stay real. Stay red pill. And I'm out of this bitch, man. Jersey Judah. Red Pill Party Podcast. Signing off. I'll catch y'all niggas Friday. I may do something tomorrow, but, you know, that's not promised. That's not a guarantee. Peace.